0: Hey y'all, welcome back to the Boost Podcast to a special episode. Um, We're going to be talking a little bit about how to vote and a little bit about what's going on in our culture right now around politics. My name is Jennifer Ely. I'm here with Father John David Mathern, and we are going to dive right in. Alright Father, so we're Talking today about um, we're we're kind of doing a little prequel episode here for talking about voting because we're all going to be voting most of us are going to be voting uh, in November.
1: Right, right. Looking forward to it. Um, <laughs> we we're going to basically break all of the all of the rules of polite conversation. Oh yeah. We're in the religion sphere and we're going to talk about politics. I should invite it's going to be so family. much fun. It's Yeah, gonna it's going to be good. so much fun. It's like Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. So the first thing that we want to take a look at actually um, is this video, a couple videos that have been circulating um, by a, a guy named Father James Altman, and um, we want to talk to these videos a little bit because even though he's a priest in a very faraway diocese in Wisconsin, um, these videos have you know trickled into social media. They've become somewhat of a staple for um, for some of the arguments that we're seeing. Um, in favor of certain candidates over others. And so why don't we um, take a look at, this, look at this video. So what's going on in the video is that Father Altman is attempting to discourage his listeners from voting for a particular party, in this in this case Democratic Party, um, because of particular tenets that that party holds.
1: Right, so he, this video, he's a priest of the Diocese of La Crosse in Wisconsin. Correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I just looked it up on YouTube. Uh, as of recording this episode, uh, his first video, entitled "Father James Altman, You Cannot Be Catholic and a Democrat," period. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it was posted three weeks ago, right at the end of August, and it, at this point, has eight hundred thousand views. Wow! Um, so it's just a, it, it's something that's being that's been put out there, widespread, um, and honestly, a lot of Catholics are posting it and sharing it. Right. And while we may agree with some of the points in it, I think the whole in the the video in and of itself in its whole, we have to I think it, it it's a good idea for us to look at it with a critical eye and kind of break it open before we say wholesale this is the truth.
0: Right, right. And we don't, you know, we we as Catholics, we live in we have to live in the world and we have to be charitable to the world as we also uphold Christian tenets and moral, our moral obligations as Christians. Um, So what are some of the issues that we're looking at? Uh, Well, first and foremost, actually, we have to ask the question, is this video teaching the proper tenets of Catholic theology? And the answer to that is unfortunately, overwhelmingly no.
1: Like, so for example, the title itself. Right. The very title, you cannot be Catholic and a Democrat, period. That is a wrong statement in right. the eyes of the church. Right. And um, why is that? Because the reality is we don't work in policy. The church the church works on the level of forming people who then form the policy. Mm-hmm. Right? We're removed from the policy. The Democratic Party, the Republican Party, third party candidates, all of the all of the people who are working in the government, right? They're supposed to be the policy experts. Now we can have opinions on what's the best way to 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 educate our our youth, or what's the best thing when it comes, what's the best ways of approaching health care and tax codes and those kind of things? We can have personal opinions on that, but that's not in the gospel, right? Right. The, we we as the church, we're experts in the gospel. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we proclaim the truth of the faith, right, F- with the charity of Christ as we proclaim it, right. right. And I think that's a very important thing to remember is that. There, there is no because the, rea- the reality is, if when you form your conscience, right, when we form ourselves in our, in our lifelong quest for, for truth and goodness, right, when we form ourselves according to the faith, sometimes people come to different conclusions about the best possible way, right mm-hmm. to pull something off or, or, or to, to do the things in society. Now that's not to say, um, and I think a lot of his argument leans on a truth. Yes. Um, that is not to say that there aren't things that are beyond prudential judgment, Mm -hmm. right? Um, so for example, one of the things he hits on hard and I, and I think is very, very true. And it's a, it's a, it's a massive sin in our society and in our world is abortion,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right? Um, by no means do I mean to downplay the seriousness of that, but to rail against it, right? And to, and to. Bible to to judge anyone who has ever had that is not going to win souls for Christ Especially in the in the political world that we live in today Right, right? So we don't and that's where the tension is. Mm -hmm. We want to stand for truth But we want to do it with charity,
0: right? And you can't you can't have one and the other Separately there is no truth without charity and there's no charity without truth. right
1: because truth without charity you you come off as just a callous jerk Mm-hmm. Right and charity without truth is really just kind of sentimentalism. Right, That's it's what sentimental Benedict XVI says like, in
0: in his in his encyclical about this is that you know there's there is it's sentimentality.
1: Right, and I, and I think our culture falls into that a lot. Right, yeah. but the rea- but the way to to bring people back is not to go to the other extreme. Right, we which I think is a major part.
0: Yeah, and I I think my my first point that I kind of wrote out for this um podcast episode is that the fact that there is such a deep lack of charity and it's not a lack of niceness or a lack of kindness on father altman's or politeness or politeness right right, but it's we're hearing full condemnation of other persons we're hearing a, a sort of sly insertion of the the members of the hierarchy with whom he disagrees without actually speaking their name, which is kind of it's a kind of a a a cloaked calumny, you know he's he's Mm -hmm. doing this, it's it's almost a sarcastic way of speaking about his brother priests, correct, um, which is heartbreaking. I
1: mean, honestly, when we are when priests are ordained, right, um, we take a vow of obedience, right, or a promise of obedience to our bishop and to the into the pope. Mm-hmm. right so that's the two people we really answer to um, if our bishop tells us to be quiet we're quiet right we we exercise we exercise our ministry as an extension of our bishops mm-hmm. so the bishop has the power to tell us you you have a faculty to celebrate mass and to hear confessions and to preach but if we abuse said power he has the right so my bishop right now has the right if he wants to tell me to be quiet and quite honestly If that's the case, this will be my last episode. You're right. right? I I could, at that point. You're going to make
0: me carry this whole podcast on my own. I (laughs) can't say anything.
1: Exactly. Being who you are, and knowing who you are, we're going to be able to move on. Uh, (laughs) But, so we were, so that's the thing, though, is that all of my ability to minister as a priest, right, comes from the authority of my bishop. Mm -hmm. So I am called to be obedient. To what it is that he asks now? If it's immoral, if it's something that's wrong, if it's some and and thank praise God. And, and in my in my particular case, my bishop has a tendency to to ask or, or to ask my opinion before right. he just makes a wholesale decision. Sure, right. Sure. Um, he has a tendency. He has a much more of a tendency to to discuss something with me before he makes an outright condemnation. But that's a that's I'll be honest. That's a, a admirable quality and a service that he doesn't have to give right right so when it when when i hear a priest that's going after and speaking in a lot of ways was what the best way i could describe it was just such vitriol yeah towards the hierarchy right towards those the, towards the bishops of the united states towards particular bishops and naming them mm-hmm. towards brother priest who you know what some of the priestly, one of the priestly names in it. I don't agree with most of how he aco- he goes through things because I think he does fall into the sentimentalism sometimes. Mm-hmm. But he's not outright condemning somebody from the other side. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. Right. So it's this. the The problem is is that they have this. It's this idea of I'm in a camp
0: and mm-hmm. I fight everybody
1: else that's not in my camp.
0: Yeah, and that that's something that <clears throat> we fall into sometimes because. We, we as human beings, I think, um, we, we want the good and we want solidity. And so when we find something that's solid, when we find Mm -hmm. something that is, that feels like, okay, this is where all of, I can put all my eggs in this basket and not worry. Um, even if it's something like one of these videos, um, we, we feel, we feel content with that. And unfortunately, you know, to, to really speak to the truth of this issue, um, it's really easy to hate it is exceedingly easy to hate because there's no gray area of how do I love this person that I really don't like Mm -hmm. how do I become a saint in the midst of the struggles of my anger the struggles of of trying to to find justice in this world Um, and we live the median way of virtue so virtue is neither on is not on either end of the spectrum; it's in the middle, and that is the the difficulty of the Christian life. The Christian life is not easy, um, and sometimes we we kind of forget that and we lose sight of that because there's one there something comes up that says, "Oh, there's like this one way for me to think, and that that'll make it easy." Um, but Father, I wanted to ask you in particular. So you're just talking about him coming out against the bishops and against the hierarchy, but as a brother priest. To him, Like what was the moment like when you were watching that video or the few moments that you're watching it to, to hear yourself or to hear your fellow priests spoken about in that way?
1: Yeah. Cause at one point he explicitly says, um, to my brother priests who disagree with this or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and to, I mean, I, I never met the man. I don't know his character. I don't know. I, I've never heard anything beyond this video and one he recently did as well. Um, I I so I don't know him personally I nothing like that but just from a honestly there was a couple of things that made me quite that that kind of didn't make sense they mm. didn't connect to me um, the first one is he says something along the lines of, I need to know the person before I can love them. Mm-hmm. Um, that is explicit. That, that Jesus explicitly doesn't do that. Right. Right. In the Gospels, um, when Jesus comes to the sinner, he comes to the woman caught in adultery. He comes to uh, the the blind man. He comes to the he comes to Zacchaeus, who's too short to see over people, right, and tells him to come stay at your house. Like when he's doing these things during the course of his ministry, he doesn't know these people. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, we can talk about his divine knowledge of and all this. Sure, stuff. We could sure. We could talk about like the divine element, but he, as a human being, he didn't know these yeah, people. Yeah, he's never met. He them. never went eat at their house. He never mm-hmm. talked to them. He, but to say that he doesn't love them,
0: yeah,
1: like to say that because I don't know you, I cannot love you. Right. To me, that's that's one way off base because it's incorrect
0: theologies, and, and especially simpler. if we
1: as a if I as a priest am called to be in the world and to be Christ's presence in the world, right? I mean, this is, good. this is a discussion that happens sometimes. It's like, well, Father, why do you wear the collar or why do you dress us a certain way? Some priests don't do it. Some priests do. I, I've always looked at, like, for example, my, my uniform, right? The mm-hmm. black the black, mm-hmm. and, the, and the white collar. Like, I've always looked at that as when I go to the grocery store, whether people want to or not, they're, they're reminded of the presence of God. Right, right? right. In a world that we don't have those incarnate signs of things, mm-hmm. my, my, my dr- clothing reminds people of the presence of god right right? and it it keeps me accountable to make sure that my behavior and my language and everything else is upholding that standard right and if it doesn't then it's then shame on me and i i i need to go to confession right yeah um but if we're supposed to be the presence of god in the in the world Mm -hmm. and this is how jesus from the gospels we hear he loved despite not knowing yeah right I, i mean look at look at his most most selfless moment on earth when he dies on the cross Mm -hmm. he loves he never met me it it didn't require him to know me to love me yeah right not on a personal level right and that's the that's the the way that this priest is talking that he's saying i don't know them Mm -hmm. so i don't have like it's almost like we don't have an obligation to love them i said oh no 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 no, that's something very very wrong
0: right and that kind of leads into my second point which is that um, there, it's just there's a lot of incorrect theology. So regardless of how it makes you feel, because, again, we're rational beings. I mean, we, we, we use our emotions and we use our imagination, but we, we follow our will and our mind. Right. Like this video,
1: if you haven't seen this video, like that is something that we've discussed before in, in mm-hmm. preparation for this podcast. Like if you haven't seen this video, by Catholic standards, by like EWTN standards, mm-hmm. it's produced well right right it looks like it's it, it's something that is about the equivalent of what you would find on ESP on, on EWTN not ESPN um on <laughs> EWTN um so it's not a it's not a bad it, it's it's a it's a decently produced video right now it by the standards of the rest of the world it it doesn't yeah. it doesn't even hold by a our flame. standards
0: in, in Homotivita, right with our wonderful crew of, of our like, communications
1: department in yeah. the diocese is very good and we have like it's not to the standard even of what we've Right, produce but, but it's still good enough. it's it's good enough it's got enough music it's got the right angles it's got a couple mm-hmm. of things of it that make it look pretty yeah but there's a lot of things that can look pretty or be presented well. And I, I don't believe a word they say. Amen. You know, or yeah. like that, that just speaks false, right? right? So looking pretty. And being true are two different things, right? And it's right. something that just I want to make sure that we're very, very clear yeah. on.
0: So if you like watch the video, or if you close your eyes and listen to the video,
1: or, you can hear, or if you read a transcript, or if you right? read
0: a transcript, you can hear or you can read the theological inaccuracies that are going on, like like the idea that the that the, the children who have been aborted and the saints are blocking your way to heaven absolutely theologically incorrect. If you're a Democrat. Like it, that, yeah, if you're... Like you're that's, a, you that's, the,
1: that's always his point. He's coming back.
0: Right. To. So like those sort of things, you know, like what Father was just saying about how your inability to love someone that you don't know, that is completely contrary to the gospel. So as beautiful as this production is, it's also full of falsehoods and so we have to be careful. And I think the biggest issue, the biggest, biggest point about this video and videos similar to it um, is that... It's it seems entirely desirous that a rift be created, not between Christians and non-Christians, but rather amongst the Christian faithful themselves. Because we know we know that there is division between Christians and non-Christians because the Christian way, as we've said many times and we'll say a million times more, is very difficult to live and is contrary to the world. And so if you have like in Matthew 10, um, you know, Jesus says, I came to bring the sword. And that sword divides, you know, believing sister from unbelieving sister and brother from brother and and mother from daughter. But that's that's not a sword of just slaughter amongst the faithful. That's the sword that the faithful are pierced with themselves in order to see where does my sin lie? Where does my vice lie? What holds me back from loving Christ fully? So when you do that, when you attempt to divide within the faithful, when you ac- accuse, that's the work of, of the evil one and, and someone who is actually called the accuser in the book of Revelation.
1: The, the reason why, I, I think it, I think what you're hitting on with dividing, right? Mm. The, I, all of the division in the world begins with the division in the heart. Yes, right? The fact that we are attracted to our sin and have a hard time doing good, right? that the the fact that the battlefield of our own heart our own soul is a hard battlefield to navigate right when we give into our sin what happens is is you, our my heart your heart whoever's listening your heart the way in which we live right when we uh, when we fail to do good or we we are okay with doing evil which our sin right mm-hmm that becomes a microcosm of the entire of the entire society yeah. right that basically becomes the building block of our society because you know what if I'm willing to sin in my heart in my life well then I'm willing then I may fall short i'm more likely to fall short when it comes to in my family mm-hmm. right and then when i fall we fall short in our family it 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 just continues to go until we get to the local government state government you know like it's the 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 battlefield of true conversion, right, of the culture, begins in the individual human heart. Mm-hmm. John Paul II talks about that kind of image. Um, Mother Teresa, if you you look at the whole thing of yep. don't do great things, do small things with great love, like mm-hmm. that whole image, right? Saint Teresa of Lisieux is so popular and such a beautiful saint from the last in mean, the last hundred years, mm-hmm. right? Because she spoke of the little way, right? Right of doing everything out of love for God, yeah. Right, that's why she's lifted up. She's a, she's a, I mean, she's a patron saint of missionaries, and she never left the convent. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> just the the image that we have though there of, it it, it begins first and foremost within. Mm-hmm. Right. So anytime we talk about a political issue, begin it, the, the good a good litmus test. Begin in yourself. Mm-hmm. Begin in your human heart. I think what's happening here is, and, and this might. I, we, we we haven't talked about this, but I think what's happening here is he's trying to get a big message out. Yeah. But the problem is you're, you're missing the real battlefield.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? We, we, we don't fight this battle, right? We don't fight the battle for conversion of sinners mm. in the mass media.
0: Right.
1: Right? We don't fight this battle for uh, truth and goodness in the world, right, of, of truth and charity in the world. We don't We don't fight that battle on Facebook. Right. On YouTube, that, that it doesn't happen there. It happens first and foremost, calling the sinner from his sin or her sin to conversion, mm-hmm. right? To to a right relationship with God. Yeah. I mean, that's that. As a priest, I, I, I be honest, that it, 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 every homily I give, okay, I, I give a homily. Somebody might might be moved by it, and you know, praise God. But I've had so many more that one-on-one in confession, one-on-one in counsel, one-on-one. Uh, just in relationship right and friendship have had awakenings in their life. It hasn't it, it, the the shotgun approach doesn't work nearly as well right right
0: Yeah And so in in an effort too since're we're, we're kind of moving in this direction anyway um, in an effort to help our listeners and to help ourselves um, to live that Catholic truth and and to um, also live within society as we're called to do as Christians, is we're going to be doing in the next set of podcasts during October, we're going to be going over a book that's been recently published by Ascension Press. Um, The link to the book and another link that I'm going to talk about in a second um, will be in the show notes for this week and for all of the following weeks in October. And this book is called Clear Conscience, A Guide to Catholic Voting. And it's not going to tell you who to vote for. But rather, what they've done, which is very, very good, because this is much more long-lasting than just this upcoming election, this issue, and these problems that we have as a society. Um, what it's doing is the first half of the book um, is really just Catholic theology, uh, like how how does being in a political like in a political society um, mesh with being a Catholic. Because those two things can go together you can be a political person and I know saying that now has a very uh, has a very bad like tenor to it right, right we now. have that
1: idea of church, separation of church and state so we can't exactly. be involved with one if we're involved in the other that's not the case right <laughs>
0: because you you need to we need to be physical we need to be within um, this political realm because we have to live our Catholic truth as best we can in every aspect of our lives. And so this book, we're gonna br- use it to break down the framework that a Catholic needs to use to vote properly. And surprise, surprise, it's all based on virtue ethics and morality. Um, so it takes a lot of virtue and good formation to vote and vote properly. Um, some formation that some of us may have never had before is is gonna come up in the, in the podcast. Just like every aspect of our faith, we're called to a deeper conversion called to further study, called to learn at the hand of Christ how to be a part of society because the Christian is called to live within the world but to be apart from it
1: right, I'm not, I, I don't claim to be a, a political science, history buff mm-hmm. or anything like that, but from my, my my limited understanding it the thing is, is that the pendulum of where Catholics fall, right, on the on the political spectrum seem to swing has seemed has seemed to swing over the decades mm-hmm. right it, mm-hmm. while while we have that pendulum swinging the reality is is that the principles are unchanging right right the flow of the culture the narrative around which uh, the the different you know election cycles and things like that that narrative will change and it'll It'll adapt and it'll take subsets and groups, whether they be women or, or minorities or whatever, and like try to, to fit them in a certain box with this with these certain talking points. Right. The reality is that the role of people in culture might change, right? The the, the quote-unquote value from a political standpoint or not might change. But Catholics, our teachings don't change. Right. Right. So what we want to do is we want to give the principles that, that are meant to form our conscience uh, and, and then even go so far as to apply them to some of the hot button things that no doubt will be talked about on a mm-hmm. debate stage.
0: Yeah. And that's yeah. actually our hope is that when we um, when we put out these podcasts, they will kind of precede each of the four debates that we have coming up in um, in October. Yeah, the, so it's,
1: it's interesting because you have this year's debates, the debates schedule, right? So there's mm-hmm. the three, the presidential, vice presidential, and two more presidential. Right. The dates, It the first one is uh, the Feast of the Archangels.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The,
1: the VP debate is on the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. Mm-hmm then the last two presidential debates are on Teresa of Avila and John Paul II. Yeah, um, so you know who you're asking for. So we got a lot of people praying for us. We got we got the archangels, we got Blessed Mother, we yep. got Teresa of Avila, who, re, who basically Holy was cow. like reawakened the Carmelite order oh, and brought them to conversion. Uh, and John Paul II, the champion of the new evangelization. Yep. like that. Uh, I'm like all about this. Yeah, like, you got that, go. that team. This is gonna be great. That's
0: a great team. So yeah, so our first episode, like Father just said, is going to be talking about the four principles of Catholic morality and social doctrine. Um, And something that we mentioned earlier, something that we call the median way of a virtuous life. Um, We're also going to take a look generally in that first episode at what politics is, um, because we are political beings. We are um, beings who are called to community in a particular way and how we can how we can live that. In the, in, the, um, in the world today. Have, have a political opinion, but, but one that's not just based on certain things, but rather based on my Catholic understanding. Um, episode two, we're gonna start going into those specific issues that Father just mentioned. Um, for that first one, we'll be, we're kinda gonna jump around in the second section of the book so that we can kind of talk about a few chapters at a time that really relate to each other. Yeah. Um, so that second episode, we're gonna be talking about the issues of, of racial justice, life issues, and human sexuality all altogether. Um, talking about the human person and what that means within um, this, this election year. Um, the third episode, the episode about, uh, will be about just war and about the topic of guns, um, gun control, all of that within the United States. And then the fourth episode is kind of uh, the last few things are this what we understand as the most vulnerable parts of, of our world. So those who live in poverty, the those who are immigrants, um, and the environment that we live in today. Because regardless of where you fall on that issue of, of climate change or not, we do know that we need to take care of the environment. Right, need it's to an, take care of the people. It's an issue
1: of stewardship. Right, exactly. That's, that's the thing. It's We've been entrusted with something. Mm-hmm. Now how do we, we can use it, mm-hmm. right? But how do we not abuse? Right, right, exactly.
0: So that whole fourth episode will be about that stewardship for people and for, for the things Correct. with which you're entrusted to, all of which are kind of in that category of vulnerability. Um, So again, the the link to the Ascension Press book, again, it's called Clear Conscience, A Guide to Catholic Voting, will be in the show notes for today. I'm also gonna put in the show notes something from our bishops, which is called Forming Consciences for Faithful Citizenship, which is a much shorter read, but also really good material for the discerning Catholic who says, you know, "I, I can't just, I can't be swayed by one issue. I need to have a full understanding of How my conscience is guiding me, because remember, your conscience isn't isn't Jiminy Cricket, right? Your conscience is God in your heart and in your soul, directing you. It's the Holy Spirit moving you towards the good. And so, when your conscience is well formed, you're never gonna go astray, thinking that something else is good when it's actually not. Um, That's a fear of that was a fear of mine for many many years was that like, well, I don't my conscience. What if my conscience is wrong? No, it, it literally can't be because if it's formed well, it can be if it's not formed well, but if it's formed well, that's the Holy Spirit speaking. And, and that's
1: and that's the reason why our first episode, we're going off of the principles that form our consciences well. Exactly. We're beginning there. We're beginning with the foundation. And then from there, you can apply mm-hmm. the other stuff. Like you can apply the idea of subsidiarity, solidarity to any topic right right and and, and you'll sit in attention like you will be there is attention yeah. it's not going to be <laughs> clear, clear cut it, and the thing is is at a certain point our own prudence our own virtue ha- is going to shine out Yeah. well this is what i truly believe is the best way forward and quite honestly as long as we're as long as we're not and this is just, in a nutshell, in response to Father Altman, in response to a lot of people that will say you can or cannot vote for certain people for certain reasons. It, the reality is, is that unless I, the, the teaching of the church comes down to, if you are voting for a person, right, and, and they, happen to be, they happen to have a stance that would be anti-Catholic, right, or against what we teach, As long as you are not voting for that person because of the wrong teaching, Mm -hmm. you're not sinning. Right. That's how moral theology breaks this down. Right. You cannot vote for somebody for the evil they believe. Mm -hmm. Right. So the one topic that that is on the front lines of most Catholics' minds is abortion. Mm -hmm. You cannot vote for a pro-choice candidate because they are pro-choice. Yeah. That is the limit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My vote, I give them my vote as long as it's not for the evil. Yes. It, it's. I'm not complicit with it. Right? right. So
0: exactly. All right, y'all. Well, we hopefully have laid this out for you a little bit. Um, and don't forget if you have questions or comments or anything that you want to send to us, you can send all of that to St. Hilary Church at htdiocese.org. That's St. Church at htdiocese.org.
1: Good job um, with the spelling. Oh man, that was I,
0: great. <laughs> I had to practice that a few times. I've messed that up quite a bit. Um, and until next time, God bless you and have a wonderful day.
1: Peace.